Welcome everyone to season two, episode three of the Preacher's Corner podcast. I am your host, Abraham Gomez, and I invite you to follow the Preacher's Corner podcast page on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, give it a like, uh, follow, and share this with someone that you think would be blessed by it. Today, I am joined by Pastor Aaron Barbosa. He is a Dove Award winning artist, Dove nominated producer, songwriter, and musician. Aaron Barbosa was raised in sunny Southern California. His gifts and talents emerged emerge at a young age. Uh, he recorded his first record at the age of 16 on his uncle's record. Since that time, he's become a full-time producer and music teacher at Minstrel, where he leads program development and produces independent artists, as well as signed acts like Evan Kraft, Social Club Misfits, Genesis and Nikki, and also Norman Hutchins. Along with his love for music and his ministry, he pastors at his local church with his wife, Michelle, and their seven children with a baby boy on the way. You can follow him on Instagram at G Aaron Barbosa and on Facebook, Aaron Barbosa. Pastor Aaron, it is an honor for you to be with us. Thank you. It's my honor to be here. Thank you. We're going to get started real quick with uh, a few rapid fire questions. Want to get to know a little bit about you, but tell me what is uh, Ten Shabu all about? Oh my God. Ten Shabu is the closest Shabu Shabu restaurant in this area, the Mecca of Shabu Shabu for me. Joseph Espinosa, Theo Charlie, Theo Aaron, a bunch of us that would always go as youngsters is the one in the Japanese village in Los Angeles off of First Street. And um, that's the main one. But of course, that one literally like is packed at every moment, of course. And so Ten Shabu is the closest one I could find that was delicious <laughs> in the area. And basically Shabu Shabu is a Japanese hot pot style you yeah. know, uh, food. And it means swish, swish. So you put your meats in there or whatever in the hot pot, and you swish it, swish it. It should be ready to go. Put it in your ponzu, put it in your <laughs> rice, and oh, my God, it's delicious. Ladies and gentlemen, he called it the Mecca. It is the <laughs> Mecca. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite movie? Back to the Future. I'm actually wearing my Back to the Future shirt. There it is. That I got for my birthday last night. Yes, he is. Happy birthday, by Thank the you. way. Thank you. Uh, what's your uh, favorite uh, band? Southland. Southland. Yeah, Southland. Check them out on Instagram. There you go. Favorite food? Oh, man, so tough. <laughs> if I had a last meal before I passed away, it would definitely be my mother's enchiladas. There you go. Yeah. His mom's enchiladas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite sport? Uh, man, that's another tough one. Um, I'm going to have to go with Dodgers baseball. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite pastime? What is something you enjoy doing on your leisure time? Oh, I love going to tea with my wife in the mornings. We do it almost every morning. And uh, after prayer, we'll go get tea. And I don't know, just I love it. Are you uh, English? Uh, no, actually. Earl Grey? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we do Earl Grey and stuff like that. But you know how most people get coffee? Right. You know, so I'll go to like Coffee Bean or something like that. Or we even go to Dunkin' Donuts and they have yes. um, really delicious like cold tea too as well. Yeah. So nothing, nothing special. Just I'm a Dunkin' guy. Listen, I. I I was on the East Coast, and you know the Dunkins were f more full than Starbucks. And yes, it's like a call yep. it working man's coffee. Yep, it's great. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, no, no complaints for me. Right. <laughs> um, obviously, you mentioned the Dodgers, so that's your favorite team. But you are wearing a Laker hat, which I'm, I am. We are a Laker fans. That's so right, Laker Nation. We're celebrating championship. Hopefully, another one coming. Yes, up soon, that's right? what I'm hoping for. <laughs> favorite scripture. Oh man, Psalm 103. The chapter is beautiful. 
talks about the character of God, and it's when I found that scripture is the one that blew my mind. Uh, I didn't realize that God was so loving, so forgiving, so merciful. Yeah. And I read through that chapter, and it just broke my heart, changed my life. Amen. Yeah. All right, so I, I'm having this debate with uh, a really good friend of mine who is your Uncle Pete. Oh, uh, yeah. Tacos El Gordo or King Taco? Oh, gosh. It, for me, it's going to have to be Tacos El Gordo. You heard that? <laughs> you heard that, Pete? Right? <laughs> I, yeah, I, even though we have a, talk, uh, a King Taco right here, right, and I would frequent King Taco more, but that's because of its locale, not because, you know, uh, it's my favorite taco. My, my favorite thing to do is stand in the line at Tacos Al G, of course, now, right, and uh, in, the, in the Adobada line. There you go. And get my, my mulita and my little tacos, and boom. Are, are we hungry right now? What's Bro, I'm getting hungry. It's right before lunch, right? I know, right? I, I'm, and I'm you right. know, I specifically planned it like this. Yeah, smart man, smart man. <laughs> that's funny. All right, uh, what's a pet peeve? I think mean people, mean-spirited people. I'm like, really? Is that so necessary? Right. I don't know. That's it probably for me. All right. Um, If you could have dinner with one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, man. Michael Jackson. Okay. I would like to sit with Michael Jackson, and I would like to have the opportunity to tell him that his gifts came from the Lord and that he wasn't too far from grace to give his life to Jesus, Man. you know, and I would tell him like how many people love him, you know, because I think he died maybe feeling very depressed or very just useless. Yeah. You know, and uh, he was probably one of the most influential musicians in the past. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody in history exactly like him, you know. Yeah. And so to me, such a great loss, you know, and I just hope that he knew. Yeah. yeah, I don't know the inner workings of his life. Maybe he did have somebody. Or, right. You know, we don't know the controversy. Did somebody kill him? You know, could he have accepted the Lord as a savior before he died? Yep. I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, but he would definitely be one. All right. Um, you're, uh, you're co- you mentioned Michael Jackson is, you know, it comes definitely musical inclination for you. You are oh, yeah. a pastor of music, pastor of worship um, alongside as you help here at uh, your local church. But um mm-hmm. What has this year been like for you? Well, at first, it was kind of devastating. We pretty much, like our business pretty much crashed, Mm -hmm. both in the the production and the teaching. Um, We had to shut down our classes. We had already started. We were, in in fact, in the middle of a class, and it was going very good. We had about 50 students here, and um, it was going great, live in person. And then, of course, a lot of our... uh, artists that we were working with that were paying us, you know, and we were trying to be more affordable this year before, I mean, last year, I should say, before it all started. Right. So we were doing like payments and things like that. Because back in the day, it used to be like a certain amount of money down and then, you know, you pay the rest at the end. But we were trying to make it affordable. So we had people on payments and some people were literally stuck out of the country. Like they couldn't come back. Everybody's money Yikes. stopped. Like, yeah. so literally our, our business crashed. Um, by the end of March, we had no money. Wow. Whatsoever, you know? And, um, by the grace of God, we have other resources that we were able to pull in. Um, you know, our children um, that are uh, autistic, and that's a whole other conversation. But they have some resources, and we were literally man bare bones, basically. And uh, our church, you know, was there for us, and uh, it was bro, it was wow. From a financial standpoint, as a father, as yes. a business owner, it was yes. You know, I mean, it, was, it, it died. The whole thing died. Oh, um, and so. Um, like many people, we were like, well, we're self-employed. 
what are we going to do? I mean, is there even unemployment for people like us? You know what I mean? And, right, right. Uh, and so there was just so many questions at that time. So it was a, for a moment there, it was very devastating. And then we did get sick. Our whole family got sick. Um, in let's see, that was sometime, I want to say early summer. And uh, there was a moment there I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, is this it? Right. If you're going to take me, you know, um, I just, my only request is that you take me in peace. I know I'm going to go to heaven. I know my kids are going to be okay. Yeah. I know that you're going to, you know, I, I, I know you're going to take care of us. I know you wouldn't just let me go. Um, but I told the Lord, I was like, that's okay. If I'm going to go, I don't want to suffer like this because I feel like I couldn't breathe. You right. know, I don't want to suffer like this. I don't want to be hospitalized. I told the Lord, you know, because I told my wife, you know, you should probably take me to the hospital now. This is, this is it. This is, this is getting to that place where I need to be. Right. You know, I need medical attention. And, uh, I just literally prayed. I, it was like a crap prayer. I was, you know, I don't want to say a disrespectful prayer. Right. But I was like, Lord, you know, it, it just does sound disrespectful. If you were to have a recording into my prayer that day, you would be like, man, this guy's straightforward with God. Yeah. You know, I just told the Lord, I was like, Lord, if you're going to take me, just take me in peace. Yeah. But but if not, save me right now. Change this now. It has to happen. You got to do it. Right. Because I'm not, I can't live through this. Or just take me, you know. Very straightforward prayer. And so um, I felt a little calm come to my spirit. I could breathe a little bit. I lay down on my bed and I just fell asleep. And then when I woke up, I started progressively getting better. My chest still hurt for about three days after that. Yeah. Every time I would breathe, you know. But um, I recovered Praise by God. the grace of God. Um, and yeah, so I definitely have to say that last year was wow. It was something. Yeah. But in the midst of all that, now I can't just say that. I, I, I have to add that in the midst of all that, the Lord recovered us. My kids recovered. My wife became pregnant. You know those COVID pregnancies, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then the Lord, he he grew our business. Amen. So we we were forced to go online, and because I had already done some online stuff, you know, for other students that are not in the area, I had already had the equipment, you know, here. Yeah. And I already had this all set up because we do, you know, music for our, you know you know our clients and our students. We like to do special events for them. Um, anyways. So it grew because we were already kind of in place. And uh, now Minstrel Foundation, we're, we're larger than, we, than, we, than we've ever been now. I'm not saying it's huge, but I'm just right. saying at this point, you know, God's completely recovered it. And I would say we've grown, I don't know, X4 maybe. Wow. You know? And two points that I want to um, bring up here. First of all, uh, would you explain to people what Minstrel is or what Minstrel yes. TV is? Because I signed up for it. And like <laughs> Thank I told you, so you before— much. Uh, I'm on week five beginner, so I've learned yeah. all my learning my timing and wow, my beats. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, so to explain, minstrel now is a combination of what we used to have separately. You say, what is that? Well, we used to do teaching separately and we used to do production separately. And minstrel is like kind of like the overarching platform, if you will. Right. You know, so we produce, right? And then we also do teaching. And so when it comes to the education side, it's our online classes now. Of course, like I was saying, right. we were forced to go online, but I put all of our online classes on there. So we have our beginner level, our intermediate level, our advanced level, and you've seen them on there. Right. Uh, about 45 weeks in each one. And then from there, a bunch of special, like, uh, you know, guests and, you know, uh, student requests. We do piano hangs um, regularly. You know, it was every week. Now we're going to the, all the student body uh, requested uh, once a month. Yeah. So we're doing once a month, Saturday mornings now, the first Saturday of every. Uh, month we go live and answer questions we all hang out 
And right now, at this point that we're doing this podcast, there's about 350 of us. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's incredible. So it's a it's a community. Um, it's online lessons, but the way we present it is is similar to like an online course right. they would have in college. Um, but the way we see it in the future is more like Disney Plus. Yeah. Where everything is just like uh, it's easier to navigate. Yeah. You know, right now it's navigated like a course. Because that's how, that's what it is. Right. But I I feel like eventually it's gonna to get to that place where, you know, it's more accessible for people. Yeah. And there's more series that are specialized to like young kids or um, to people that are not believers, you know, and they want to use it in their charter school mm-hmm. and they want to learn, you know, and it could be an open door for us to share the love of Christ. Well, I highly recommend it. And where Thank can you. they sign up? Yeah, minstrelstv.com. So M I N S T R E L stv.com there you go there you have it so you're interested in music you're interested in learning production there there it is yes. uh, i highly recommend it thank you uh the the next point i wanted to bring up you, you talked about you know on the outside looking in uh yeah. it would be like a disrespectful prayer you know to god or you were straightforward and i think you know let's be honest i think we, yeah. we all sometimes get sure get to those points in our lives sure. that we're just straight up with God, yeah. you know, sometimes we'll be like, man, God, I serve you more than this person and they're fine, but why? <laughs> oh, or man. is it just me? No, 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 no. Yeah. Let me give you one example. The first, my first son, Judah, when our uh, pediatrician told us to have him looked at because they think that he had autism. Um, and then of course he got diagnosed as autistic and they told us, you know, uh, he won't be able to talk likely he won't be able to look you in the eye you know and he'll likely not connect with you mm. i mean bro like i mean it was like yeah <laughs> i mean like the end of a, of a i don't know like of a world like my little world was shattered you know and i did tell the lord i was like lord i got a few cousins that are rascals you should have got <laughs> you should have got them you know what i mean like their their family seems to be perfectly healthy what in the world is Come autism on. what is this right you know, and um, and then my second son, Elijah, you know, I've, I had a similar conversation with the Lord. And then my daughter, Hannah, you know, she uh, had hydrocephalus, which is like water in the brain. Oh, and so they have to go yeah. in there and, you know, do a surgery, brain surgery, insert a shunt from her brain down through her tummy. Uh, it's like a tube to make sure the water releases and it doesn't expand her brain. Right. And um, she she's had at least five surgeries wow. since that time. And every time I'm in the hospital with her, especially like one time me and my wife were there together on our anniversary, you know, bedside, you know, she's all out, you know. And um, wow, those are those days where I, I would, you know, leave my wife there and say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go downstairs and get a coffee from the Starbucks in the lobby of the hospital, you know. And I would talk to her and I'd be like, Lord, why? Like, what did I do? I mean, I know I did some stuff, but like you said, there got to be a, a couple other guys you can pick on, not me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... Um, of course, since that time, God has um, really worked on me, and uh, my perspective, yeah, my perspective uh, has changed so much, and I can honestly say, in many regards, I haven't seen it all. I, I have, I don't have the answers for all of it, but on the things that I do have answers for, it has been completely groundbreaking for me as a minister. How, how has that molded you, or um, as a father, or as, sure. as, as, as a person oh god oh there's so many ways but as a father the way it's molded molded me is it's made me more loving i would definitely say that i'm classic creative 
little ADD. Yep. I get over things real fast. Yep. You know, and if depending on how you look at that, that can be to a child that can come off as cold hearted. Okay. Like my dad's not he's not affectionate or right. or my dad, I wish my dad was like the other dads, he he only wants to play piano. I want to go to the park. Right. You know what I mean? Like, dad, just take me to a ball game. Right. You know, or you know what I mean? And I definitely that's that's been a huge struggle for me. Yeah. As a father, you know, and my kids, and I, I say this with uh, a measure of, of regret, like my kids have got into music, I think, in part, to connect with me. Wow. So there's a little bit of that disconnection that I've, mm-hmm. that I've struggled with, especially being someone who has struggled with, like a lot of the classical stuff that creatives face, like depression, right. anxiety, um, to the place like where I've, you know, I've, I've been in counseling, Right. I've seen a psychologist. I've seen a psychiatrist right. before. You know what I mean? It's been a blessing and in many ways. I've been counseled by pastors and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, I say all that because it kind of plays into my personality. Yeah. And the way that has molded me, what I've been through, is it's made me more tender. Yeah. You know, it's made me more like, no, Aaron, like, turn off your stuff. Turn off your music. Turn off all that stuff. Put down your phone and and just take your kids somewhere. Just get yeah. out. Go eat with them. Yeah. Go park somewhere with them. Yeah. Like something. Like do something. Like connect. You know? So it's it's molded me as a father to be to to be a better I don't I don't, I don't know, maybe a communicator. Mm-hmm. You know, more kind. Yeah. Patient maybe. Hey, you just said something that I think that not a lot of people talk about, especially in church, seeing mm-hmm. seeing counselors, seeing psychologists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's healthy. I, sure. I'm a proponent of it. You know, and same. I, I've I've gone to see a Christian counselor. You know, Good there's some you. things that you have to, you just have to process. Absolutely. It's not that it's wrong. You just have to no. process it. And I think you, we can become better, more well-rounded, and stronger. And and certainly even learn how to process things. And I think that you know so many things happens happen to us, but right. we don't know how to process it. Yeah. There's a. There's a guy I was listening to. I, I wish I remembered his name so I could forward you all to him. But he was t- doing a talk, and I was listening. And he said, there's something called transitional characters. Yeah. And he said, a transitional character is someone in a line, like a lineage, right? If you look at a timeline, and like a father, a grandfather, all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and a son. He says, a transitional character is the one that did not pass on the trauma to the next generation. Who, bro, when he said that, I was like... I mean, it literally, it wasn't a spiritual talk, right? But bro, it, like I could feel God working on me. Yeah. And He says that grandpa transferred it to the father, and then a father can transfer it to a son, and a son can transfer it to his son. But a transitional character somewhere along the way says, "No, I'm going to process the pain so that I don't pass on the pain." Oh, come on, bro. And so when I realized when I when I that hit me, I said, "You know, I want to be a transitional character. I don't want to pass on." You know, because me and both both me and my wife have, you know, struggled with abuse. We've been, right. you know, been through that, um, and and so it 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 does so many things. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get too far into it today. But I will say this: processing, however it is that you do that, um, it can be a game changer for you personally. Come on. And I always recommend it to people. Um, for me as a believer, I think go to counseling. Do what you need to do. Don't feel guilty about doing that. There's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. Right. In fact, it's a must. Right. Um, other things that I would recommend very highly as a believer is have a pastor. 
and have a pastor that's accessible. Yeah. Or a church that maybe the pastor's not accessible, but there are pastoring people in the church, maybe counseling people, mm-hmm. people that are wise, that will guide you, that will disciple you. You know, mentors is a very um, increasingly popular word. And I think the reason why it's increasingly popular is because there's an absence of fathers. There's an absence of mothers. There's an absence of of uh, authority figures that are trustworthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so anyways, I feel like if you can have that in your life to help you process pain, oh my God, you, you will discover so much that you didn't know. And I'm talking about treasure. Yes. I'm talking about, I'm talking about dreams that you thought were dead or that was mm. just, you thought it was just some whim. You'll say, oh no, this is actually, this that I've been through, like Joseph said, you know, what you meant for evil, God intended for good. Oh, like, come on. You know what I mean? And so, but to come to that, to that conclusion, you can't be sweeping stuff under the rug. Right. Like, no, it didn't happen. It doesn't exist. I mean, I know that's how we get through it sometimes. Right. But you can't always do that. Sometimes you're going to have to be like, you know what? That was hard. And I, I need to talk to somebody about it. You know, for some people, they process with really great confidants, great friends. Um, so there's not one right way to do it. But I am not against counseling. Yeah. I'm not against people that need medication for a certain period of time. You know, most professionals will tell you, well, you don't want to be on medication for all your life. Right. The point is, like you said, to process this and to get well, you know, yeah. and to and to be, you know, just independent. But, you know, I, I always tell people, if that's where you're at right now, don't don't feel judged. Don't feel condemned by God. Amen. Yeah. And that maybe that's a word for this podcast today is... yeah. Someone that's listening, just God is calling you to process it. Absolutely. And there's going to be healing and restoration and strength. Yes. You know, I'm going to just say one personal thing. For me, being able to process has produced so much content in my life. People are like, man, what about the songs? And how about this? And how do you, man, day in and day out, you know. And you're also a pastor, so you preach every week to people or you counsel. Yeah, that's right. And you have your kids and you pour into them. That's right. Yeah. Because... Processing the pain has produced oil in my life, mm. you know, and that mm. oil I get to to share that, and uh, it's been useful in my life. And, I'm, and I can honestly say, bro, I'm, I'm honestly thankful now. Amen. I'm thankful now. Like, not at first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not going through those hard days. And I used to have. I remember at first I would have, I don't know, between seven and nine panic attacks per day. Wow. Per day, bro. That's that pretty much feels like you're running from a panic attack all day long. That's pretty much what that feels yeah. like when you're at that level, you know. So to be here at peace, you know what I mean, and productive in my life, literally an answer to prayer. Pastor, and I'm, I'm so thankful for your transparency today. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your realness. Um, yeah, absolutely. This this stuff needs to be shared. It does. It's definitely going to reach somebody. You know, this is actually going to be my second and last question, but I'm going to ask it now. Is, yeah, go ahead. Is uh, What do you say to someone who has experienced... And is trying to overcome some type of abuse, whether it be physical, mental, yeah. or emotional. You touch a little bit on it. I just sure. want to get your your uh, yeah. My on recommendation it. to you, if you're out there, and you have been um, abused in some way, um, the best thing I could ever tell you is that Jesus really and truly does love you, and He truly does receive you. And many of us, as a result of what we had been through. You know, I don't know if it's if it was to compensate or to 
just what it did to us, we also committed sin after that because of that or entered into a, a lifestyle that we knew wasn't either correct in society or just right in the eyes of God, mm-hmm. depending on what side of, uh, of life you, you know, you uh, kind of look at things at it, yeah. whether it's a believer or your worldview is, you know, not Christian. Either way, whoever's listening to this, as a believer, I'm telling you, I, my experience has been that God has been so real to me. So, so, so real to me, and it's ministered to me in, in um, and when I say minister, it's a fancy churchy way of saying he's helped me and served me, and you're like, God, are you trying to say that God served you? And I say yes, you know, and I would tell you that after that, after Jesus loves you and all this wonderful believer stuff that I truly, truly subscribe to and, and have experienced for myself, I would say find somebody my motto is that when you can't see Jesus because you're hurting so much in your brain and your heart, then you need you need a person. And so find a safe person. Yes. You know? And for me, a safe person is someone that also cares about my salvation. Because I could have, and I, and I had, yeah. went to certain friends and, hey, like this is, what, oh, yeah, me too. That's, you know, we should go drink or we should this or we should go to the bar. We should blah, 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 whatever. All this other stuff that is just more harmful. It's creating more vices. Right. And creating more issues, you know. But somebody that, that cares about my salvation is like, you know, they, their approach to helping me to become better, to helping me even get through a day is completely different. Mm. You know, and that's where the healing comes from. When you do things, you know, according to the Bible, because, of course, the Bible is a light. Yes. It's going to take us out of darkness. If you're in darkness, you need to find a path out. And the Bible says the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So that's why I'm saying... Jesus first, right? Try to find him. And if you can't, find a person yeah. that has the light of Christ. You know? Amen. That That's some great advice. Oh, Thank man, you. That, that's, that's deep. Um, yeah, I can get into it more. I can literally spend hours hey, talking about this, we, but this is great. We, we, got, we got time, you know? <laughs> um, you grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, I did. How did that shape you to become who you are today? Um... Well, <laughs> if I had to answer this initially, I'd say it was terrible. Okay. Because um, I was abused in the church, not mm-hmm. literally physically in the church, but as a Christian, right. by a Christian, you know what I mean? Like, um, And then I had all these issues that were kind of, uh, I was struggling with that I couldn't talk about because... Uh, back in the day, if you were to talk about that you have, like, panic attacks, people would be like, what's a panic attack? Right. You have the demonios, what you got. Yeah. You know, and some people did kind of make me feel like that. Um, and I could see, I could have just went down some crazy rabbit hole of just, like, not believing in God, of just being like, child, I do with this church thing. and You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could have yeah. went down that thing. And so initially, it was kind of going bad. Yeah. But when I reached out to the Lord, he answered he did. I remember I was about, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 years old. We had a house, and I kind of liked that house. It was cool. I had a pool in it. <laughs> Our only house that we ever had that had a pool. Yeah. But there was this loud pool, like, uh, cleaner thing in the back, and nobody could hear you if you were right there. So I would go to the back of the house, and I remember I didn't want nobody to hear me what I was going to pray about. And so I went back there super loud, and I just cried, man. I just fell on my knees right there in the backyard. Oh, nobody man. could see me. I just cried. I said, Lord, if you're real. 
and you're brilliant, and you, and you're all these things that my dad preaches about because my dad had no idea what I was going through. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're really all these things, you gotta help me. And it's one of those prayers again. Yeah, I need you. you know, I need you to help me. And I'm telling you, bro, it was like, it was like that moment. Um, it, it sparked something in my life. Oh, you know what I mean? It sparked yeah. something like that change in my life, and um, then it turned out to be good. Then I started saying, you know what? I'm going to find myself a, a positive place in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to let this one person or these several people or these encounters, even things that I had done yeah. after that, because I was hungry for more of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Like even those mistakes, like I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be that man. I don't want to turn out to be something I regret, you yeah. know? And so I just got busy in the church and I started like, playing music, and of course, that explains so much about where I'm at today yeah. as far as doing music for a living. I always tell people that Jesus saved my soul and music saved my life Wow! because it gave me something to do in the house of God because, you know, there was like, I mean, I, I remember Brother Steve Popovich from our church. He had Boy Scouts, and there was different things like that, good instrumental people. Yep. You know, I had basketball, things like that, yep. but, but nothing kept me so close to the altar as ministering. Yeah. You know, and you know as well as I do, the closer you get to the altar, the more your flesh burns. Oh, yeah. And I needed my flesh to burn because I had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know? And so that proximity to the presence of God in my life, it, it just, I think it, it turned what could have been real bad as a PK, you know, because I have other PK friends that do. Yeah. And they don't want nothing to do. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, and for me, I, I have to say it was it was both good and bad. It started off bad. And, and ended up good by the grace of God. And I, and I think that uh, that comes out in your in your ministry uh, when you minister in music. Yeah. Your songs that you write. By the way, he has an album, album out. And uh, you, you let him know. Um, yeah, they could just look at my name, Aaron Barbosa. There's a bunch of music under there. And that, that's been, a, uh, maybe God used all of that to give you that, that new song, right? The, yeah. The uh, Bible says, uh, sing to the Lord a new song. That's right. That, that's right. That, it's your song. It's your mm-hmm. original, your original production because you can only you know we can sing about David's songs and we can you know right what he what <laughs> right. he talked about someone but, else yeah but there's a song in, in in my heart that he's put in me based on what I've gone through. That's right, and that's transmitting through all of your music and your production. Praise God, praise God for that. Well, I'm grateful about that. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in ministry, ministry can get lonely, right? There can yeah. be some discouragement. How do you process uh that yeah i just have seven kids (laughs) (laughs) there's not a lonely moment brother (laughs) when you get to that place where you have as many kids as i do you look at going to the restroom as time alone (laughs) you can't wait till everybody falls asleep till you can have your own personal mind yeah you got yourself a little little baseball team bro i got i got an army bro there you go four girls and about to be four boys with our new baby coming. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I I'm never lonely. <laughs> I'm never lonely. I mean, I know I know what people say, like figuratively. Right. You go through things alone. Right. You know, and you're in your mind about stuff, and I get that. Yeah. You know, and for those moments, you know, I I process that just you know not to be over funny right. or overly spiritual. <laughs> I I like to walk. Yeah. I love to walk. Um, I love the outdoors. Um, I love shopping. I know it sounds yeah. you know I don't know if it. I should say that, but I love going with my wife. We'll go to Burlington and we'll go hit Ross or something yeah, like yeah. that. See if there's any cool shirts or something, or 
you know, we love to, me and my wife, we date every Tuesday night. There you go. And uh, that's how I process, you know, if you will, maybe not being lonely, lonely, like as far as nobody's around me, but right. when when you feel like you don't have a lot of people that understand you. Yeah. You know. And how influential has your wife been? Oh uh, my and supportive God. and in ministry. You're gonna have to come back for another podcast yeah, on that we're one. Bro. Have to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my God. If I had to be completely uh transparent without ruining anybody anyone's day, I would say that if I didn't have my wife, I probably would have quit ministry. Let's see, two thousand three we got married. I would have quit ministry like two thousand three. Yeah. No, maybe two thousand four. Yeah. Maybe I would have waited until Right when my son came, Micah. Yeah. Because I was really not doing well. Yeah. You know? And um, she could have given up on me. That's when I... Uh, right in 2006, I should say, is when I had the real... Um, I had to really face, if you will, all that I had been through and all that, that I was, you know, kind of experiencing. Uh, there was some death and things like that in my family that really impacted me. That kind of... It was almost like a perfect storm. Yeah. And I was pretty much handicapped, you know, by, by my issues. Yeah. I think by 2006, early 2007, and I wasn't working, you know, I couldn't work. I, I mm -hmm. couldn't even go out the house. Wow. It was bad. I was really bad. Um, and, uh, even looking back on that now, it's just scary to think about it. Um, where I was at at that time. And of course I hadn't processed a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of it was just there and I didn't know how to, you know, deal with it. And so she had to just watch me go through all that. I would wake her up two in the morning. Hey, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? What, what about what? You know, and I and after a hundred fifty of those nights, you know, she could have just been like, you know what? I, I'm not. I'm not gonna do this. Mm. You know, I need to sleep. I got. Ba I got a baby. Yeah. You know, I can't do this. So we we actually were at that at that time we had Judah now too. He was a baby. So we we had two little boys. So, I mean, bro. If she wasn't there for me, like I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have recovered. I don't think the same way. I wouldn't have come back to be in ministry or to serve people. You know, my wife has been God's gift to my recovery. Amen. You know, and I appreciate so many people, like my father, my dad. He would take me, counsel me, take me for drives countless times throughout the month. Yeah, countless times. Um, my mother, you know, always creating a, a very peaceful environment. She's not a crazy yelling type of woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's She always, um, the Bible says, pursue peace with all men. That's my mom. Amen. She she makes she makes sure that when we're all there at her house, whether it's a sandwich or whether it's a, you know, whatever, it's just the house is, is in a place of peace. And my brothers, I mean, I, I, have, I have too many people to name. Yeah. But I just will say that my wife... Uh, you know, stands at the top of my heap, Amen. you know, of, of, uh, God send people, yeah. you know, you know, the little that I've known you, um, you know, I've known about you for a while and, um, you have this, um, father in the ministry mantle that you carry. Praise God. You know, you have, obviously you have seven, but what? One more on the way. Yeah, one more on the way. <laughs> I mean, literally, you do. Yeah. But even there's not too many people like you that are go all in with your, your whole music minstrel thing. You know, you're teaching others, but 
you know, th- there are a lot of people that follow you. Um, there's a lot of people that, that you're mentoring that, you know, one, two or three words that you give them, it's just, it becomes life for them. Praise God. You know, so why is mentorship so important to you? Jesus. And why do we need more of it? Last night, my cousin John, for my 40th birthday, brought me a special gift. They were the tennis shoes of my Uncle Adam, my late Uncle Adam. My Uncle Adam passed away when he was 23 years old. Wow. I was about, I got to say 14, 15. Those shoes are 25 years old. Wow. And my Uncle Adam was the quintessential mentor. He would pick me up, take me to church. He would teach me about preaching, what he learned from Bible college. Um... When I would succeed at playing a chord on the piano, and you got to understand, he was only alive at the very beginning of my piano playing. Yeah. He showed me a few chords, and when I would succeed at playing, he would praise me. He would say, oh, my God, mijo. Wow. Like if I had done some incredible something. <laughs> yeah. Now that I look back on it, I'm like, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And he, he would pick up his bass. He had a music man and a Tobias, you know, the yeah. original ones. And he had a, a fretless music man, and he'd pick up the bass and let me show you how to pop. You know, let me show you how to bump and pluck. And I'm okay. And he'd show me, you know, and he would show me all these sick grooves. And then, of course, on drums, he was a monster on drums. Yeah. And and you know, he would teach me drum stuff and he'd teach me rolls. I mean, invested hours. I think that's why his death had such an impact on my life. Just a, a just a savior of a person. And I don't mean the savior. Right. I mean a savior of a person. Like the kind of person that comes into your life and you say, God, I know you sent that person. Thank yeah. you, Jesus, for that. You know? Um, just an incredible man, uh, full of integrity, you know. Any issues that he had, he didn't project them on me, you know, I never got weird vibes from him. You know what I mean? Uh he didn't never took advantage of me. You know, just an incredible man. And so to have his shoes last night was the highlight of my year. Wow. And um, those shoes represent a mentor, you know. And I'll never put them on. Of course, they're 25 years old and they're special, you know. Yeah. And I'll never put them on. I could never feel his shoes, quite literally. Um, but they remind me, you know, they remind me of somebody that has gone before me, you know. Yeah. And so for me... If somebody can make that much of an impact on my life, you know, and I'm not even naming all the great mentors that I've had in my life. I mean, yeah. I, I am an embarrassment of riches. I must <laughs> do the will of God. Yeah. What did Paul say? Woe unto me. Yeah. If I don't preach this gospel, I have to. But I, I have too much. I have too much. I have to do it. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's a responsibility. But it's like, it's one of those things, like if I don't do it, bro, I would just, it would be a slap in the face to God. You know, I ain't going to do that. You know, not after all God has done for me. So to me, mentorship is huge. It's a must for me. It's a must. And I would say anyone that wants to have any kind of lasting impact, you got to mentor somebody. Yeah. And people might say, well, I can't find anybody. I guarantee you there's somebody that would take your time. Somebody that would take your love, you know, in all the appropriate way. You know what I mean? Your advice, your take your advice, what your experiences. I I guarantee you they'll take your, your in and out hamburger. Right. If you took some time and sat down with them and bought them a burger and took some kind of interest in their life. I think we're all products of, of mentorship at some point. I, I, I can you know, look back on my life and really pinpoint people that 
helped me through. You know, you as a young man, you know, you're understanding, you know, you're going through your teen years, you don't understand how your emotions or, mm -hmm. you know, we go through ego and anger and jealousy and all, all of those things. Yeah. And, and, and we're, God sends people, sometimes we might miss the people, right, that he sends, like, hey, this person, mm. you know, we think that they're just, they're mean, they're trying to correct right, us, right. or they're trying to, you know, tell me what to so do, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. me what to do and be negative, but yeah. those might be the actual God sends. They Nine times out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, what is the key for you as you're continuing in your ministry to you talk about mentoring and leaving a lasting legacy? What What is the key to longevity in ministry? What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know. Withstand the test of time. I don't know if that's the appropriate term. Yeah, to say, that's a but, great way you know, to put it. You know. My dad always taught me: if you're faithful in the little, he'll make you great over much. Yeah. Right. And so that's one thing I've learned: stewardship. Yeah. Stewardship is the key to longevity. Stewardship in your body. Yeah. Stewardship in your relationship. Stewardship in your energy. That's a big one. Oh man, I could talk about that. Let's talk about it. So, I mean, everybody has the same amount of time in a day, but not everybody has the same amount of energy. And I had to know that because I used to compare myself. Hey, man, those people work eight hours a day. And I, and I knew. Yeah. I only had three hours in me, especially coming <laughs> yeah. out of depression yeah. and things like that. But I, I told the Lord, Lord, if you just help me. And I remember, bro, in three days, God would give me three, four days worth of productivity. Yeah. And it was because I put the, the right amount of energy into that little amount of time. And that taught me. I mean, that was literally like, it was almost like God was schooling me on being an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? And being able to leverage a small amount of energy to see a great harvest, you know? And so for me, stewardship is the key to that. And if you look at stewardship in the Bible, it's always God just taking the little that you have and then exponentially, like, expanding it into something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everything I have is a product of that. Oh, man. You know what I mean? So to me, it's like, hey, be a good steward of what you have, of what God has given you, and you will. It's a law. It's a law from the Bible. Yeah. You will. Even people that don't believe in God, they're benefiting from the law of stewardship. You know? And so, yeah, that's for, for me, bro. That's it right there. Why is um, integrity and character so key yeah. to ministry? Yeah, integrity and character is, is, is so important because you can spend a lifetime building something and it could be destroyed in, 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 in just a moment. Yeah. And in this in the time that we live in now, you know, <laughs> in this cancel culture. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it's even it's even more unfair than it's ever been. Yeah. At any time. You know, people could build a lifetime of something and make a mistake, you know, and people will say, Oh, you deserve to lose everything. Really? If it was a sin, do they really deserve to lose everything? Yeah. So why don't we go after all of us for all of our sins? And that's why Jesus said, whoever has no sin, cast the first stone. Yeah. You know, when they found the woman in adultery. Right. There's more sins than just bigotry. There's more sins than just that. Right. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. And I don't condone any kind of sin. None of it. But people love to get one thing or one popular type of sin and, and just... Good. Let's cash in on this. Let's take it all from this person. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think, 
in the time that we live in, the only thing that we could do is be responsible to have integrity, to be a person of character, to educate ourselves. You know what I mean? And 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 for lack of better terms, watch your behind. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Uh, what about that somebody that has kind of messed up, made stumbled, fell? Oh, okay. How how do you how do you uh, how, what would you say to them to quote unquote get back up or? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say do anything that you have to do to get back up. And um, the Bible says a just man falls seven times and gets back up. Yeah. A just person, right? So, mm-hmm. wow. It's like, so don't listen to the negativity that comes from the enemy. Even if you're not a believer, there's negativity that comes. Yeah. And, you know, I love the story of the prodigal son. You know, and that's what I always tell people. You know, he totally ruined his chances. He totally ruined stuff. Yeah. He took all of his 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 money. He took all of his uh, you know, what would have been his, you know, um, I don't know, his legacy. Yeah. And just squandered it. And yet you look at that scripture and his father brings him back, kisses him, puts a ring on his finger, which symbolizes authority. Yeah. You know, puts a robe over him, which symbolizes covering. You know what I mean? And and protection. And I'm not going to let nobody hurt you. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's how I feel about restoration. And so if you have... You know, you failed God in your life. You know, go and do whatever it takes to find a place of restoration. And I'm not talking about find a restoration of status. I'm talking yeah. about a restoration of soul. Come on. A restoration of your soul. Like, for me, it didn't matter if people thought I was doing good. I'm at a place where people think I'm doing good. Yeah. But I still need to make sure that my, my integrity is in check. Yeah. I still need to ask God, God, forgive me, deliver me. Help me. I asked my wife, hey, babe, check in on me on this. You know, I've been struggling this week. I need your help. I need your prayers. You know, I need you. (laughs) You know, and um, to me, it's like, do whatever you got to do. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that lives on is your soul. So don't stay in a place where your soul is crushed. Come out of that. And there are resources, you know. Oh, man, This this is some great stuff. Thank you. I believe it, bro. I believe this with all my heart. Man. You know. What does worship mean to you, Jeez Louise. Pastor Aaron? Gosh, that's so loaded. If I had to answer that in simple terms, I would say that, you know, I heard this message from um, T.D. Jakes. Who hasn't stole something from T.D. Jakes? Well, here's mine. <laughs> yeah. Here's mine. Worship is the midwife. And there's a scripture that he talks about in the Old Testament where it talks about where God is saying, I found you. You were just a fetus covered with blood. And you were left for dead. You know, but I heard your cry, basically. He's saying, and I picked you up and I cleaned you off and I restored you. And what he said in that message is so powerful, bro. He's like, when we cry out to God, when we worship the Lord, when we call for him, that's how he finds us. He finds us. We're in a bloody mess. We were birthed, but we were left for dead in a spiritual sense. He says, and when we worship God, worship is that midwife. It carries us to that place that God is calling us to and cleans us up and, and it gets God's attention. And so for me, that's exactly what it was for me. Worship to me is like, I cried out to the Lord and he heard my cry, right? Yeah. And then he found me and then he brought me in and he cleaned me up. I think of, you know, Moses, how his mother put him in, in the, uh, in the river, right? No basket. You yeah. know, and, 
and he, you know, I'm sure he was crying, and there was something to call attention. And then from there, that cry, he got picked up, right? And then, of course, put in the hands of royalty. So for me, bro, it's like mm. worship will get you picked up, man. Oh, man. Worship will get you picked up. And I'm telling you, if you ever want to be noticed by God, worship. The Bible says that God is looking. Now is the time yeah. where he's searching. In other words, his eyes are looking all around, looking for people that will worship him, true mm. worshipers. I will worship him in spirit and in truth. So worship to me, bro, is an attention getter by the person that you want their attention. Your whole life will change. Mm. Like it has for me. Yeah. And countless others, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so what would you want this next generation to know about worship and the importance of it? Coming that worship up? is not music, but a lifestyle. There it is. Very simply. Worship is saying yes to God every day and saying mm -hmm. no to the devil. That's worship. Nice. Worship is like, no, I can't look at that. No, I can't do that. Lord, no, I don't want to go down that way. I know that 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 way doesn't please you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to do what's right. No, I can't cheat that person. You know what I mean? No, I can't mistreat that person. No, I can't be mean to my kids. No, I can't uh, um, undervalue my wife. No, 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 no. And yes to you, Lord. Yes to being kinder. You know, yes to being modest. Yeah. Yes, not being a show off. You know what I mean? Those are the things I say yes yeah. to God on. You know? Um, and that's a life of worship, right? I believe it's um, Romans 12. You know, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your bodies, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable act of worship. Mm. There it is right there. Wow. You know? your body. Wait, wait, I thought you meant songs. No. Present your body a living sacrifice. In other words, you are that sacrifice. Yeah. Holy and acceptable unto God. Whoa, 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 whoa. God is asking me in the New Testament to be holy and acceptable unto God, right? Which is your reasonable act of service. He's saying your body. This is not something only spiritual. It's also physical. There's a physicality to that. No. You know? It would say present only your spirit, right? No, it's talking about you like, no, we are the sacrifice. Like We have to live for God, make good choices every day. God choices is probably the better way to say it. There you go. What do you think your spiritual gift is? Um, I mean, is it fair to say? That? I mean, I've taken like spiritual gifts tests. Sure. I mean, my spiritual gifts tests say apostle, but I don't like that type of. I like. I would never say that. Right. You know. I mean, but I feel like I like touch a few of them, um, and I haven't quite understood that whole. Um, Thing, but I do feel apostolic, very apostolic in ministry. I do feel like I need to work on like structure of the church. Like I do feel like bishopy sometimes. Yeah, it's so weird, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do feel like teaching. Spiritual, spiritual father. There is that yeah. mantle. You you carry that to yeah. set the house in order. Sure. To set the structure in order, and I think that uh, it's one of the things that we need in church in our lives is. Yeah. is we need more fathers. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Fathers in the in the. In the I don't know if that's similar to apostle or what, right. but but um, you know, just to answer your question, that's that's what I got. Um. Who has influenced you most musically, and also in, in your music in your ministry? Uh, and being a musician, no, you yeah. you hear everything and everybody. Yeah. But who has been your like your most 
I don't know, that's influenced you, that, I mean, that's made you who you are today? It's so tough. I have, you know, most musicians would agree that we are a compilation of many influences. Yeah. But in my life personally, it it starts with my Uncle Adam. Mm-hmm. And then directly after that, it's my Uncle Saul. Yeah. And then after that, as I grew up, I got more in touch with my Uncle Pete. And yeah. after that was my Uncle Frank, my Uncle Isaac. Um, and uh, I have so many uncles, of course, <laughs> in, yeah. the, in, the, in the music. Um, but believe it or not, then my father, who would force me to uh, spend an hour a day running scales on my piano. Yeah. You know, so, but if I had to pinpoint it down to the, one of the first influences of my life, it would definitely be my Uncle Adam. One of the most strong yeah. and powerful forces uh, behind me wanting to be a musician. You know. What about in ministry? Oh, well, it would be my father. It would be my father, yeah. Yeah, And, and talk about that. It, it, we just have a few more minutes. Talk yeah, about sure. That. How, how, uh, how that's been with you and your relationship with your father's servant under him, and you know, how has that helped um, you as a person? Sure. You know, my dad's a very human person. Yeah. You know, and I give him so much honor for that. He never came off as, you know, yeah, I'm a bishop or I'm a pastor. You call me pastor. Like, like he was never on that thing. I mean, once in a while he would say, right now I'm speaking to you as your pastor. I was like, what? You're my dad, dude. Like, what? (laughs) You know, but like, I mean, I I know what he, now I know where he's coming from. Yeah. He's saying, hey, look, I'm your pastor too. Like, let me pastor you. You know what I mean? But back then I was like, nah, you're my dad. I saw you, you know, I heard you fart. You know, <laughs> like, I know you're just a man, you know what I mean? No, but I know what he meant, yeah. you know. But th- this is what I want to say about my dad, is that we have had so much honesty between the both of us. I mean, I'm talking about dirt, dirt down honesty. There's few things I don't know about my dad, and there's few things he doesn't know about me. Yeah. You know, um, we are both very, and I say both, which is strange, Usually a father's not accountable to his son, but my dad is very, he's been a very accountable to me, which he doesn't have to be. You know, he has mentors in his life that I'm sure he tells him things that he doesn't tell, tell right. me. But I mean, in my opinion, he's overshared. He's told me his struggles. He told me, he's, he's told me what things that he's been through. He's told me of abuses right. and things like that. And he wasn't afraid to tell me, hey, I thought these things, this, this is the way I used to think too. You know, and he was kind of like, Paul, we too are men of like passions. Mm-hmm. My dad was that kind of person. Yeah, you know, uh, in my in my young life growing up, and of course, still to this day. So, as far as our relationship in ministry, it's uh, it's been tremendous. You know, I think it's been a true mentorship. You know, you know, it's kind of like Elijah and Elisha. You know, he said, "You asked a hard thing." You know, because Elisha wanted double portion. Mm-hmm. He says, "But if you're with me when I'm taken, you can have it, right?" And then, if you notice, once you go to that that grandiose moment, yeah, right where he's being taken up and all this kind of stuff. What does he say? He says, Father, no. And what he's saying is, yeah, I'm about to take over. Yeah, I'm about to have double right. of what you have. And we've seen some crazy stuff. Yeah, I'm about to see double of that. But I give it all up to have you here with me. Come on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's true mentorship. When you are about to take over and you're about to have the keys handed to you and you're like, you know what? I'd Never mind, just stay with me. Yeah, because of the relationship, because of the love, because of the inner commu- the the interdependence, you know, and I can say with all my heart that me and my dad we have that a lot of interdependence. I'm different than him. Yeah, you know we're different. We see things differently. It's crazy, you know. My dad is not a musician, quote unquote, type. Right. You know he's musical, but he's not a musician type. 
So we see things, bro, at opposite ends of the spectrum. But because we haven't let go of each other, it's created diversity yeah. as opposed to division. See, you see things on one end of the spectrum. People say, oh, there are two opposite ends, diversity. No, I see scope. Totally different. Division and scope are two different results of differences. And me and my dad, by the grace of God, we have scope. I think that's, that's awesome that he's given you that uh, creative freedom. Yeah. Oh man, I could man, that's so true. Some pastors they hold on to stuff. And I and I by the way, if you're here hearing me, Pastor, I'm I'm not trying to make you feel bad or nothing, but you know, my dad my dad has had given us so much freedom to the point and I don't mean freedom like Hophni and Phineas in right. the Bible. You guys look him up if you don't know him. But I'm talking about freedom like, no, I don't want you to do that necessarily, but I don't get it, but but go ahead. You know, and, and if you need to purchase that you know, I don't know what a, what kind of keyboard, but if, if you know, if we have the money for it and you need it, go ahead. You know, and Dad, I need a studio. Well, I don't, I don't have money for that, but I'll tell you what, I'll make you something in your room. And so he built me this little bed that under it, he fit all my little studio gear under and, and, and just let me go at it for hours yeah. and hours at a time. I mean, my dad is, like his mother, a facilitator. Yeah. A facilitator of, of ministry, a servant of ministry. So, you know, bro, I mean, like, with that, I mean, and I just got to say that to pastors out there, his investment, his release of us has returned to him, in, in I think, in multiple blessings. Amen. And, and we're literally recording inside this awesome studio. There's so Thank many you. There's so many wires in here. <laughs> I know. Don't worry. We're, we're praying to go wireless one day. <laughs> Lights, cameras. Uh, this is a professional setup. And, you Thank know, you. Uh, just want to say thank you for allowing us oh, to absolutely. Uh, use this space to, to record. And we're going to be wrapping up uh, here. I just got like two more questions Go for, it. Um, for you. Is If you had one opportunity and only one to share the gospel with someone, what would you say? Oh, my God. One, one opportunity. Oh, man. I hope I have more time than this to think about it. But <laughs> I would tell them, Jesus changed my life completely. I was a mess. And I'm telling you from personal experience, he can change your life. Yeah. You know, can I pray for you? Would you like to learn more about it? That's, that's the best I could do. In just a small amount of time, if I had just one opportunity, I would just tell him what God did for me. Man. And isn't that what Jesus did when people would do something? Right? When he would do something in their life, he would just say, go tell somebody. You yeah. know? Or if he told them not to say it, yeah. they would go tell somebody yeah. anyways. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's to me, you know, I think I would just tell him what God did for me. The gospel comes alive. Yeah, exactly. And I, I can, I, I think I can say the same thing. Right? If somebody posed that question to me, uh, this is what God has done for me. And I think that we should, we should share our story sure. and our testimony, not be have any shame. You know, no. perhaps there's chapters of our lives that you know we didn't like, or yeah, you know, yeah, oh yeah. And, and, and I have some. I wish I could rip, rip out of my book right now. <laughs> right. Sure. And, and you know, the word of our testimonies. Right. That's right. Um, that, that's great. Now. I want to comment on one thing that you do on your Instagram live that has been such a blessing to my life. Thank um, you. And I'm sure many others have listened. But uh, you did this um, this video. It was, I think it's IG live. Yeah. And you went back and you started playing like music from like your back in the 90s. Or oh, yeah. Old school oh, yeah. worship yeah. songs. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. And I just let those play. And it was just like brought me back to certain times of my life. And, yeah, there was some emotion, you know, 
tears came to my eyes and wow. those were some things that are that you know sometimes like we miss you know and the times yes. have changed and music has changed but keep doing that thank you you know keep i want to encourage you you thank know you. to you know those those things are like it also shows us how far we've come right man this I is agree. where i was in that moment and this is where i'm at now and all i can say is thank you lord yes thank you god with had it not been for you on my side come on amen you know, I would have been swallowed up. I would have been lost in despair. Yeah. But it's, it's those things like that. I think that um, are so touching. So. Yes. Um, impacting. bro. Yeah. yeah. And I want to encourage you whenever you have some free time. I know you got <laughs> yeah. seven and you got one on the way, yeah. you know, and, and um, you know, that those are so touching. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that. And I will. My last thing for you, some final words from Pastor Aaron Barbosa. Well, first of all, I would tell you, don't stop doing this. Man. That's what I would tell you. Don't stop doing it. People need to hear. You know, people need to hear. And um, you spend a lot of time interviewing. But one of these days, you should have the uh, the the script flipped a little bit and, and let people in on, on on your life. Yeah. You know, and share share with them what God has done in your life. Um, and I think that you have a greater testimony than you probably realize. You know what I mean? That's probably very true. Yeah, and and you know you never know just how people will connect with something that you're that you're saying. You know, and so um, uh, with that, I would definitely encourage you, those of you that are out there listening to this today, if you connect with any of this, I don't believe it's an accident. Yeah. I don't believe that at all. You know, accidents are like spilled milk. You know, forgot your keys. That's an accident. But when it comes to things like uh, that resonate in our spirit, that go to a very deep place. The Bible says that deep calls to deep, right? And if you experience anything that connected with you today, I just encourage you to, to, to pray about it, to pray about it. And, and, um, and if you can't handle it alone, you know, find somebody. I will always tell somebody, don't do life alone. Yeah. Find somebody. Get into a, a, a faith community, a Bible-believing community that preaches the truth, man. You know what I mean? And not obnoxiously. Right. You know what I mean? But that love. They really they love. And and get into a, a a faith community and you will just see your life. Only by looking back, eventually you'll say, oh my God, look at what God has done. Yeah. And that's me. I, I, I can't always tell sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I go through my days and I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But then I look back and I'm like, wait a second. I am so much further than when I originally started. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I would tell people to do that, you know. That'd be my best advice. Would you pray us out as Absolutely. we end this? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment today with my brother, Lord Jesus. I know you're going to bless this podcast in a mighty way. I know that you have big and mighty things, Lord Jesus, ahead. And it's, it's more than just the names. It's more than just the personalities, Lord God. But it's the content, it's the oil that you squeeze out, Lord Jesus, of these moments. And this oil, Lord, is healing. I feel like it's even now, Lord, refreshing somebody and and performing a miracle in someone's life today, Lord. I pray that you would bless us, Lord Jesus, every person that's listening, that they would find their way to you, Lord God, because not only are you going to heal them and help them, but you're going to turn all that pain, Lord, into something very very special and helpful for someone else. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Pastor Aaron. Amen. Anytime.